You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Welcome in to disc number two. <laughs> That's what we do. It's called the B-Sides. Maybe it's bootlegs. Bootlegs and B-Sides. Either way, this is the Locked On Raiders podcast. It is January 15, 2020. Again, this is disc two. I just had a lot of stuff I had to get to on today's show, so I definitely wanted to make that happen. And I guess I could have broke it up and played Mick Akers' interview on Thursday, but why? If I got it, I might as well go ahead and roll with it, right? Exactly. Let's go ahead and rock with it. So uh, let me give you the news and the notes of the day. I talked about Brenton Buckner on, on disc one, uh, side A, let's say. And uh, let's talk about Josh Jacobs, the rookie running back. Josh Jacobs, he wins Pro Football Writers Association Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, this is not the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. I know I saw a lot of people on Twitter thinking that it was, but it's not the Offensive Rookie of the Year for NFL. But as far as the Pro Football Writers Association goes, and a lot of times, whatever they end up picking is what the NFL picks as well. So it's a good chance that he's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year as far as the NFL goes. But uh, he was named the Pro Football Writers of America Offensive Rookie of the Year. They announced that on Tuesday. His numbers that he received, he started in 13 games rushed 242 times for 1,150 yards and 7 TDs, adding 20 catches for 166 yards. 24th overall selection in 2019 NFL Draft. Jacobs joined Hall of Fame running back Marcus Allen as the only players in franchise history to be named Offensive Rookie of the Year after becoming the first rookie in silver and black to surpass 1,000-yard barrier on the ground. So think about that. He's in the same class as Marcus Allen. And I know I, I drew that comparison multiple times throughout the, the regular season because of the way he jumped over the top when he was at the goal line. But, man, when you're in the same class as Marcus Allen, that's telling you something. Jacobs broke Allen's rookie club record of 697 yards in just his first eight games. He also passed Allen for most 100-yard rushing performances uh, by a rookie in Raiders history, and he had five. So again, now again, let me let me just say real quick, Marcus Allen that his rookie year was a shortened season. It wasn't the full season. It was a shortened season because of a, a strike. But at the same time, Josh Jacobs is doing some big things and he's still putting himself in the same class as Marcus Allen, which is, again, nothing to shake a stick at. Jacobs, 1,150 rushing yards and seven TDs in 2019 were both tops among rookie rushers. His 101.2 scrimmage yards per game also led his rookie class, while his 1,150 yards on the ground ranked sixth in the NFL this year and also ranked sixth in Raiders history among all single-season rushing performances. And if you want to look at age, the players that were 21 years old or younger, Jacobs' 1,150 yards rushing in his first 13 contests ranks fourth all-time. Only people he trailed, Ezekiel Elliott, Edger and James, and Barry Sanders. Yeah, that's pretty good company, right? I would say so. Really good company right there for young Josh Jacobs. And as I continue to brag on Josh Jacobs, he had some really good months during the regular season. October and November in particular, Jacobs became the first player in franchise history to earn Offensive Rookie of the Month honors and was the first player in the NFL to win the award multiple times 
since Odell Beckham Jr. in 2014. Again, think about all the young studs that have come through the silver and black. And Josh Jacobs was the first player in franchise history to win Offensive Rookie of the Month twice. He did it twice, back-to-back months in the month of October and November, and he was the first player since Odell Beckham Jr. in 2014 to do it NFL-wide. Another thing to think about, Jacobs forced an incredible 70 missed tackles on runs this season, an NFL best among all rushers and the third most since at least 2006 behind who? Beast mode. Marshawn Lynch's performance in 2013 and 2014. Not only are you putting him in Marcus Allen's category, but now you're putting him in Marshawn Lynch's category as far as toughness and breaking tackles. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. as far as winning Offensive Rookie of the Month two months in a row. I mean, there's some people and there's some ca- uh, categories that he's just, he's knocking down. You know, he's knocking down all the expectations. Again, look at the company that he's keeping. And not only that, he proved to be more than just like an elusive rusher. Like I said, breaking tackles. He gained 686 rushing yards after contact. That's the most by anyone in his draft class and sixth most by a first-year rusher through the first 13 games of a season during the Super Bowl era. Jacobs finished with 290 more yards after contact than the next closest rookie. That's good for fifth overall in just 13 games after missing three because of injury. I'm sorry, I just can't brag on Josh Jacobs enough. I mean, he's just such a real deal player. Uh, he's head smart, and then it's so good on the field. And again, the Raiders have them a gem. Now, if they could find a guy to compliment him, just think about the magic. Think about what that could do for John Gruden's offense. Again, they were, they tried to do that. They tried to have a guy that was a bigger bruising back. If they can get a guy that's just a little bit tougher, a little bit bigger, and can compliment, I'm not saying take Josh Jacobs' place at all, because I'm really sold on what he could be. But if you can get a guy that could be a bruising back, that can compliment him, think about what the Raiders could do with that offense. I mean, you don't have to have a high-flying offense like the Chiefs. Matter of fact, it actually might help to have a really solid run game that you can go for, like I said, on Tuesday, about 2,000 yards. You can keep a team like the Chiefs off the field. That's similar to what the Tennessee Titans are doing. Again, the blueprint has been laid. Josh Jacobs is a no-doubt, all-real-deal stud. You just got to get a guy that can compliment him. You got to continue to to have a really solid offensive line. You got to have a couple pieces around him. But still, I mean, that that run game is where it starts. If you have a solid run game in December, in January, you have an opportunity to win games. And the Raiders are are looking in 2020. They're looking to, to play in January. They're not looking to end their season in December. They're looking to play games in January. The way to get there is have that solid run game. And that all goes to Josh Jacobs. So, again, that's not the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, but usually how the the, the pro football writers go, uh, the NFL goes. So now that he's won that award, there's a really, really good chance that he's going to mess around and win Offensive Rookie of the Year as far as the NFL goes. And that honor will be uh, announced, I believe, the day before the Super Bowl. They have an NFL award show in Miami. Well, it's always uh, in the city of the Super Bowl, and it's always the night before the Super Bowl. And uh, that's when the MVP is awarded and, and everything else. I believe that's when Josh Jacobs will find out that he's the NFL unanimous Offensive Rookie of the Year, and that will be a hell of an honor. Now, the Pro Football Writers Association, they didn't award Max Crosby the Defensive Player of the Year. They gave that to to uh, Nick Bosa, and again, I'm not surprised by that, even though Max Crosby had just as good as numbers, or, or actually he had better numbers. The fact is that the Raiders didn't win games, and the 49ers are still playing. 
So Nick Bosa is going to be the, the end all be all. So it's not surprising that Max Crosby didn't win that. I know a lot of people were upset. Matter of fact, I saw a lot of uh, people on Twitter talking about Max Crosby should have been on the uh, all rookie team. Trayvon Mullen should have been on the all rookie team. Hunter Renfro should have been on the all rookie team. Look, everybody can't be on the team. And when you're not winning as many games as other teams, you're not going to get that kind of recognition. That's just how it goes. I'm not saying it's right, but that's how it goes. So to see Josh Jacobs on that list and see him on the, on the uh, all rookie team, that's a good honor. That's a really good honor for a guy that earned it. Not saying that Max Crosby didn't earn it because he did, but if you don't have the wins, you're not always going to get that. Now, Josh Jacobs got it because he, he comes from an offensive point of view, and obviously in, in the NFL, offense is really, really highly uh, appreciated and, and looked after, and, and look, the, the game is an offensive game. It really is. So, Josh Jacobs doing what he did, he got a lot of recognition throughout the, the regular season. Again, one Offensive Rookie of the Month twice, back-to-back, October and November. So that's nothing to shake a stick at. That's going to get that kind of recognition. So, uh, again, the the NFL honors will come out the day before the Super Bowl. I'll be there. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be at that show. I applied for it last year. I was, I was trying to get credentials for it last year in Atlanta. And some reason I got denied. I don't know why, but whatever. I was still at the game. And uh, like I said earlier in the show, I'm going to be at the Super Bowl. Just found out on Tuesday I will be at the Super Bowl in Miami. And I'll actually be at the game. So I'm very excited about that. So I'll bring you all the sights and sounds from Miami, like I always do, from Super Bowl Radio Row. That's going to be a lot of fun. So that'll come up at the end of the month. Coming up in segment number two and three. Matter of fact, I got your calls. Finally, huh? You're thinking, finally, Q, you're getting to my calls. 707-654-4693. That's the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line. It's your time to shine. It's coming up next here on the Locked On Raiders Podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we are, Raider Nation, segment number two of today's second episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast. It is time for you to shine. Your call straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Going to do it here in segment number two and segment number three. Let's start things off with my man John Train in the ATL calling in to talk about a few subjects, including John Gruden, Mike Mayock, that relationship, the Raiders' offseason priorities, especially in the draft, and what the Raiders really need, and then also... Speaks on the Brinston Buckner firing. Here he is, John Train in the ATL. Q, what up? It's John Train calling from the ATL. Just want to say great job on the interview with Jordan Reed. Uh, I think he really knows his stuff. Hopefully you're going to be able to connect with, I think his name was Tommy Kelly. Uh, I think that's what his name was uh, last year. He was he was really on point uh, in the conversation y'all had uh, leading up to the draft. So hopefully y'all can make that happen again. Anyway, I just got a few things I want to hit on today. And I'll try to keep it under three minutes. Uh, number one, uh, Gruden and Mike Mayock's relationship. All I gotta say is yes, Mike Mayock is thick skinned. So I imagine he'd stick it out through any kind of drama, uh, in the short term, but he's a very, very prideful guy. And most importantly, his word is, is his bond. And that's what he expects from other people. So if it's a situation where on top of the AB incident, uh, Mayock feels like Gruden is going back on what he told him his responsibilities would be when he hired him or something to that effect, then, yeah, I could see him updating his resume. However, I'd, I'd be surprised if there was any uh, a split anytime soon. Still, uh, Vic Taver didn't just make that stuff up, like you said. Uh, it, it was told to him uh, by somebody on the inside. Number two, uh, this offseason, defense, defense, defense. Then after that, some more defense. Everyone wants to draft a wide receiver high, which I'm not totally opposed to, especially if a truly special player like Jerry Judy were to be available. Uh, spoiler warning, he won't. But 
if you look at our team from an from a investment point of view, it's lopsided. 70% of our payroll goes to the offensive side of the ball. At most, we're going to have one or two different starters on offense next year, wide receiver and maybe right guard. Now, people act like adding one player, you know, this, this number one wide receiver is going to open up this offense, and I'm sorry, it's not. Not with this conservative coach and not with this conservative quarterback. One or two different starters is not going to take an offense that averages 19 points a game up to 26, 28 points a game. We need more talent on the defensive line through free agency and the draft. We need an entirely new linebacker core through free agency and the draft. And we need another corner or safety through free agency and the draft. You have to build a badass defense if you want to beat the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes, he ain't going anywhere. Andy Reid ain't going anywhere. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, McCole Harmon, these guys are going to be around for a while. And we got to build a defense and can at least contain Speaking of defense, number three, I just saw that Branson Buckner got fired. Uh, I don't like the move because I don't think that's how business should be done, just me personally. Uh, it should be a results business, not a relationship business. But that's there's nothing new. It's not surprising, and it is what it is. Now, Rob Marinelli, he's a good coach. But if this, is, if this is somehow a way to make Pauly G the fall guy for the defensive play next year, I think that's absolutely wild because Gruden has, has given him very little to work with. If either side of the ball, if either side of the ball underachieved this year, it was a side with six Pro Bowl caliber players, a hundred million dollar quarterback, and a hundred million dollar coach scoring 19 points a game. That's all I got, Q. Hope all is well and just win, baby. I'm with you, my man. I, I think that Mayock and Gruden, I think they're going to be fine, but that, that report didn't come out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Vic Tafer did not make that something up just to, just to do it. That just wouldn't make any sense. And as far as defensive players go, it's got to be a priority, right? That that side of the ball has to be improved. Like That's something I said on Tuesday. They have to find a way to shave off seven points off the average points per game they give up from 27 down to 21. That'd be great. You know what I mean? It really would. If you if you go anywhere from six to seven points, that would be great. And also, and then obviously, Brenston Buckner, uh, yeah, that, that sucks. I mean, it really does. I don't like it. I feel like he should have uh, had a spot on the staff somewhere. I think they could have worked something out. But in my heart, I truly believe that this is just in case of emergency break glass. If Gruden has to fire Gunther, Marinelli could take over as defensive coordinator. Gruden will never be the fall guy. Please believe that. It's always going to be someone else. But uh, I think he's preparing himself just in case Pauly G's got to go. And that's something that a lot of Raider Nation wanted anyway. They wanted Paul Gunther out there. At least they have a guy that is an upgrade. At least you can see that John Gruden is still trying to improve not only the team, but the coaching staff as well. Thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. Next up is Marcus out the town. He's calling to talk about first-round wide receivers and why you need to avoid them. Here he is, Marcus out the town. Hey, what's happening, Marcus out the town? Hey, Q. Hey, Raider Nation. I keep hearing uh first round wide receiver, draft a first round wide receiver, this, that and the other. Nah man, you don't do that, bro. You don't draft wide receivers in the first round. This past decade. Let me know how many first round wide receivers won a Super Bowl. Three. Philip Dorsett with the Patriots, which he wasn't even drafted by the Patriots. Number two. Michael Floyd with the Patriots, who wasn't even drafted by the Patriots. The last one, I'll let y'all figure that out. You don't draft wide receivers in the first round. Look at the four remaining teams. Let me know which one of them drafted a wide receiver in the first round. 
defense, defense, defense. You think a wide receiver don't beat the Chiefs? Nah. Hell no. You need the defense and you need the quarterback. Thank you so much for that call. I understand your logic for sure, but I'm saying if you got a dynamic wide receiver that can help take your offense from one spot to the next, I think it's really hard to pass up, especially when you have an offensive-minded head coach in John Gruden. I really find that hard to believe that he's going to pass that up. Just like you saw what he did for A.B. and really went out of his way to try to bring A.B. into the fold, you think he's not going to try to bring a dynamic wide receiver in, a guy that could be considered an instant number one? I think he will. I understand what you're saying. I totally understand what you're saying, and this draft class is deep at wide receiver, but I just don't know if John Gruden himself can pass that up. I, I just, I just don't know. We'll see. Obviously, it's a long time between now and the draft, but I just don't find, I find that hard to believe that Gruden will be able to pass up those kind of playmakers for a defensive player, but we will see what happens. Next up, Urban Raider. He's calling in to talk about Breston Buckner being let go. Here he is, Urban Raider. Hey, how's it going, Q? Urban Raider here. Just, uh, calling over the news that Raiders fired their defensive line coach, man. Uh, you know what? I think that's a stupid decision by Gruden, man. I don't know what Gruden, what's in his mind. Uh, I don't know if he could, he thinks he could replace him with somebody better. But our D-line was freaking beast, man. Our D-line was the, yeah, I don't want to say that word. I don't know, man. What do you think about this? Talk to you later, man. Well, the good thing is he's replacing him with a guy with a really, really good proven track record in Rob Marinelli. Uh, I don't like the move. I've said it multiple times. Uh, I had a whole segment on that. I feel like Butner could have uh, learned behind Marinelli, but I also get it. You can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, Marinelli is good. Uh, you, you won't be upset with what you see in his work or the product he puts on the field. But, uh, you know, Branson Buckner is going to be lost, and there's going to be a team out there that's going to get a really good dude, a really good coach. And that's unfortunate for the Silver and Black because he's a young dude, and I'd love to see him kind of uh, grow, grow his brand. A lot of people were talking about him as defensive coordinator, and I kept saying, you know what, let him go ahead and master that defensive line before he becomes the defensive coordinator. Obviously, John Green was thinking the same thing and wanted to bring in Rod Marinelli. So uh, that's just kind of where we are on that. Branson Buckner, he did a heck of a job. I think all Raider Nation will always support Breston Buckner for what he did as a member of the Silver and Black. Eric in the 707, he's calling in to talk about the firing of Breston Buckner and the hiring of Rob Marinelli, then also speaks on some Cowboy free agents. Here's Eric from the 707. Hey, Q. Uh, it's Eric in the 707 calling to talk about firing of Breston Buckner. I'm a little bit bummed about it, man, because I, I felt like he did a good job this year. We were, I think we were 24th in sacks. Uh, still a huge improvement from 13 all the way to 32, man. And, I mean, just his his approach and his attitude and how he got those guys to fall in line and follow him, I really respect it about him. Uh, on the other hand, Rob Marinelli is um, a great D-line coach. If Gunther's not panning out about halfway through the season, maybe he takes over. Maybe that, like, talk about with Carr and with uh, – Jalen Hurts, we got like the fire under Gunther's butt to figure something out. I wanted to ask your take on a couple of free agents uh, on the defensive end of the Cowboys that we could possibly see coming over to the Raiders. Uh, we got quarterback Byron Jones, who's been pretty good in the past. I, I think he's pretty solid. He could shore up the position opposite of Trayvon Mullen. And we got Robert Quinn, the end. I don't really know how much he's got left. I kind of like our young DNs a little bit better than that. We got Michael Bennett, who's, you know, been a pro bowler in the past. He's pretty solid. We got Sean Lee. So, obviously, we want a young three-down linebacker out of the draft. 
I do think Sean Lee might be pretty decent for uh, just depth purposes. If you bring back him and Will Compton for depth pieces, if he's able to come over on a slightly smaller salary and then either get Simmons or uh, Murray in the draft, that could be a very back and core. Uh, just wondering your thoughts, Buckner. Uh, respect. Have a good day, Nation. Yeah, man. Buckner was unfortunate. It re- really was. But again, like I said multiple times, I get it. And as far as Cowboys free agents go, Byron Jones, he's damn good. He doesn't create turnovers, which is a problem and a reason he's not going to get top dollar he's looking for. But he's a really good cover corner. Robert Quinn, uh, I don't know. I think he had a huge year because he was in a contract year. So I'd probably pass on him. And Sean Lee, in my opinion, he's going to retire before he plays for a team outside of Dallas. That's just me, though. Next up. Next up is Jack from PA. He's also calling in to talk about the firing of defensive line coach Brenton Buckner. And in his words, what the world happened? Here he is, Jack from PA. Hey, Q. It's uh, Jack from PA. I uh, literally just saw the news that we fired our defensive line coach, Brenton Buckner. I'm sure you'll be talking about it tomorrow. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what happened. I mean, he had a he had a fantastic season with our guys. He brought uh, our our team from 13 sacks to I think 39, 29, one of the two. Uh, we definitely improved greatly on the defensive line, especially with our young talent. Uh, you know, uh, Maurice Hurst and PJ Hall. Cleveland Farrell and Max Crosby did so well this year, so I, I don't really understand why that why he got rid of him. I, I mean, personally, I feel like I, I know that they are hiring Rob Marinelli as the defensive line coach now, so maybe that has something to do with it because uh, I guess Marinelli was uh, the assistant head coach with Gruden uh, when he won the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers. Uh, I guess that that would be the reason I, I would figure because he wants to you know reunite with him and uh, probably has a good uh, rapport with him. Uh, but I think Buckner did a fantastic job. I'm I'm kind of surprised that they would choose to get rid of him after after a good season on the defensive line like that. Well, it's a shame to see him go. Uh, really liked him, loved him in Hard Knocks. Uh, it seems like he really uh, inspired our guys to play better. I'm interested to see. What do you think of it? Well, hope you have a good one. Bye. You hit it on the head, man. Rob Marinelli has everything to do with it. He wanted to bring in Marinelli. He actually wanted to do that a long time ago, but he was tied up with the Cowboys, so he couldn't. Once Mike McCarthy was hired and all of a sudden uh, Marinelli was free to go elsewhere, Gruden swooped in and got him. You know, And again, I think that that has a lot to do with uh, what Gunther's been able to do the first uh, you know, couple seasons with the Raiders, and it hasn't been overwhelming. So now they're going to go out there. They're going to attack the defensive uh, side of the ball. They're going to bring in some weapons for, for um, Gunther to succeed. And if he doesn't, guess who's going to be the defensive coordinator? No doubt about it, the defensive coordinator will be Rod Marinelli. Guarantee that. That's going to be coming up. That, I mean, John Gruden, in his, to his credit, he got insurance. And again, insurance is something that you want to have. I mean, you really do. What do they always say about insurance? It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it well that's that's exactly what's going on with uh rod marinelli and the defensive side of the ball with the raiders he's being brought in because john gruden knows exactly what to expect from him he's a no ego guy he's a guy that's just in there he's all about his business and wants to get it done and the results are there the proof is in the pudding he's done it time in and time out it's not a bad hire at all i just feel bad for brenton buckner because he did some good things with the raiders in 2019 coming up in segment number three guess what i got I got some more of your calls straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. That's coming up next here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. 
You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Final episode on this monster show. <laughs> two shows. Bringing back my QPAC, my, my two discs, you know, the double disc. I'm bringing that back one time. I, I, I plan on doing this like, you know, once a week. I'm going to try to do this once a week just so we can kind of get caught up on calls and stuff like that. And had a lot of good calls today, especially with the Brentston Buckner news. So I had a lot of different things to talk about. So let's go ahead and jump into segment number three. More calls straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before we do that, I really appreciate everyone who's been uh, really understanding and patient with me as far as the calls go. And also, everyone who's been given just shorter calls, just so I can get more calls in, that's been awesome. Thank you so much. So let's go ahead and start things off. Brian from San Antonio, he's calling in about the firing of D-line coach Brenston Buckner and wants to know why my take on it. Here he is, Brian from San Antonio. Hey, what up, you? It's your boy, Randy Brian from 210, uh, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, just calling in, just got news that we fired um, our defensive line coach, uh, Coach Buckner, really, really, really freaking disappointed, man. He took us from 13 sacks to, you know, doubling it, man, and that's not cool. I want to know, you know, your opinion on it. Uh, they said that there's rumors supposedly of him getting a higher position. I don't know what that would be, you know, within the team. Maybe defensive coordinator. I don't know. Just want to hear your take and Raider Nation's take on it. Thank you, and have a great day. I think it's real simple, man. My take is that it's unfortunate. It really is. It's unfortunate for uh, for Brinson Buckner. It's unfortunate for the Raiders because I think he was a good coach, a good young up-and-comer, but I get it. Again, I absolutely get it. Um, Rod Marinelli is a guy that's proven. John Gruden wanted him before, and uh, he wasn't available. Once he became available, like he told uh, Brinson Buckner, I have to make room for somebody. That's what it's all about. All you got to do is listen to the words, I have to make room for somebody. He didn't do anything wrong. He just needed some extra space, and Brinson Buckner, unfortunately, was the guy that was cut because of it. Next up, Raider Fonzo. He's calling in after hearing Tuesday's show and wanted to respond to what he heard and how it pertains to Derek Carr and the Raiders' offense. Here he is, Raider Fonzo. Raiders! What up, Q? It's your boy, Raider Fonzo from the 951. I just want to touch on two things. Just heard the podcast right now from Tuesday. Couldn't agree with you more, man. I was actually going to call you last night, but I got busy with work. But, yeah, so I want to address really quick, really quick, you know, all this car hatred and everything. Now, look, I'm not the biggest fan of car, but at the same time, so what? You guys want to go into Vegas with a brand-new quarterback learning that really hard John Gruden system? No, we can't do that. You know, car's actually, honestly, pretty good. But you got to give him some weapons. Because, look, 2016, Michael Crabtree and Mark Cooper and Seth Roberts, you know, if you give him, let's say, a receiver from the first round, and maybe, I don't know, we get something else from free agency, think about it. Hunter Renfro, Tyrell Williams with the healthy two feet, uh, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs coming out of the backfield, and let's just say Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy and somebody else from free agency. Now, he has a lot of weapons to go along with that O-line. We're good. We're good. On defense, yeah, we definitely got to go get the linebacker. But look at the like what you were saying about the Titans. Yeah, look at the teams in the playoffs. I mean, they're not great defenses, you know, uh, yeah, Texas got beat, but look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't have a great defense. They just have an opportunistic defense. The same thing with the Titans. They make plays when they need to. They're going to give up yards. They're going to give up some points, but they make plays when they need to. That's all we need. If you go back and watch the 2002 Raiders, that defense wasn't great, but they made plays when they had to. 
2016 Raiders, same thing. So that's all we really need. Just they got to make plays when we need to limit the damage on the points, and the offense will work itself out. Uh, secondly, about the length of the podcast, come on, man. you got to give me an hour, dude. Mr. Locke, please hook your boy Q up with an hour. Everybody else, give him 20 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you want to give him. Hook your boy up with an hour. Raider Fonzo, out. Thank you so much for that call, my man. And, and, and yeah, I, I think my biggest thing is that the defense needs to improve. It really, really does. I mentioned it a few times. Shaving a touchdown off what you normally give up and your gravy. Really, I mean, it's really as simple as that. If you can shave off one touchdown of what the Raiders normally give up, add a few f- weapons offensively, all of a sudden, like I say all the time, you're cooking with grease. So I think that's a real simple recipe. I don't think they're that far off. I don't think they're as far off as they look during their four-game losing streak. Let's put it like that. I appreciate the call uh, all the time. TJ from the 813 calling in to talk about Derek Carr and who he'd like to see him eventually replace with. TJ from the 813. Yeah, this is TJ from the 813, and this is new booty, just like you say. Um, I'm with you with Derek Carr. You know, uh, I think we should maybe play one more year to Las Vegas and get Jalen Hurts in the second round. Hopefully he drop to the second round to us. And, you know, it's all about us getting a new quarterback. You know, I just want to win. And I've seen Derek Carr doing stand plays. He throws balls to the ground and you know he don't have that ability like Jalen Hurts and so you know I want to keep this phone call short and I just think that we need to get Jalen Hurts and I think that he'll make our team great peace well you already know man Jalen Hurts is my guy I'm on that train. I'm going to continue to be on that train. Uh, I know that a lot of people aren't, but I think with his work ethic, I think the way that he, he leads, I think the uh, natural winner that he is, I think his athletic ability, I mean, I, he could be the dude. It may be possible that he's available in the third round. Late second, but he could be available in the third round. If they are, I think they'd be crazy not to jump up there and go swoop him. But uh, I'm with you on Carr. Lead the charge in 2020. Uh, you don't want a rookie starting, and uh, then you roll from there. You figure it out after that. But, yeah, I think as far as veterans go, Derek Carr is definitely the best guy in 2020 to th- lead things off in Las Vegas. Thank you so much for that call. Next up, Otel Raider, I think, from the 801. I, I know I'm saying his name wrong, but I know he's uh, from the 801. I know he's called before. He's calling in to ask about the podcast length and why it actually has a time limit. Here he is, Otel Raider calling out the 801. Hey, Q, this is Otel Raider 801. been a little while, but I've been tuning into the podcast. I noticed everything's been short, and I noticed a lot of people have been calling and complaining and concerned with all the shortness and everything that you've been having. Uh, I was just wondering if you would be able to chime in or let us know, inform those, especially the ones that are, you know, complaining to uh, help us understand where you're coming from as to what um, the Lockdown Podcast Network is asking of you or why they needed you to keep it short. What were the policies and the rules and regulations that uh, you couldn't afford to uh, overlook. Uh, just wanted to get the, your two cents, <laughs> and hopefully you can share that information if you can. I understand. Just wanted to uh, reach out and see if you could uh, reiterate it and shed some light on that. Thanks, Q. Keep up the good work, man. Appreciate you. That's a good call. That's a good question because I always say that it's like their business approach. That's just what they do. That's their format. And look, it's based like this. It's based off commercials. I mean, straight up, I'm not going to lie to you. Radio is based off commercials. Podcasts are based off, based off commercial. The average time people listen to my show and it's been shown to me and I, I've seen the numbers is 38 minutes, but my average commercial break is not till after 40. So 
The second commercial break is not really being heard by the majority of listeners, which is a problem for, well, advertisers. Downloads are great. Downloads are awesome. But time spent listening, it's even better. So if I get you to listen to 100% of the show, if I get you to listen to 80% of the show, that's better than only listening to 60% of the show, if that makes any sense. The, 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 the point is, is you got to get both commercial breaks in. Everyone's got to hear both commercial breaks. And, and the length of the show and how much your average listener listens to. I know a lot of people say, I listen to the whole show. There's a lot of people that don't. A lot of people don't listen to the calls at all. And so sometimes those are 25 minutes in one segment. So if you don't, if you know that the calls are coming up next and you hang up before, before the commercial break, then, well, or not hang up, but you just stop listening before the commercial break, then all of a sudden that commercial, whoever that, that live read that I do, whoever that is, doesn't get played. And then all of a sudden, they don't get their, their just due because I went over too long, if that makes any sense. It's, it, again, unfortunately, radio's all about money. Podcasts are all about money. This is all about a business. It's not a business for me. I do it for the love of this. I don't do it for money. I don't do radio for money. I do it because I feel like I'm really good at it and I enjoy it and I don't think I go to work. I don't feel like I'm going to work. But the world doesn't you know, go around and the bills aren't paid off of love. <laughs> the bills are paid by advertisers and, and money spent. And so it's all a business at the end of the day. So if that makes sense, that's why it's so important. And so uh, you know, when I start jeopardizing um, advertisers, when I stop, you know, start going too long and, and their commercial doesn't get played or heard, that's when all of a sudden I'm not a liability. I mean, I'm not a, a asset to the company anymore. I'm a liability. And once I become a liability, that's when it's like, well, it doesn't matter how good you are. You're out of here. So I don't want that to happen. I don't want to be fired or let go because I can't follow the rules. So I'm just going to follow the rules. And I know a lot of people don't like it, but it's just what I got to do. Thank you, though, for asking because, you know, it's something that needed to be spoke on. So I definitely appreciate you. But look, there's other ways around it as well. I mean, I'm doing two shows today for a reason. You know what I mean? Because the commercials all got played in, in show number one. And so anything here in show number two is just gravy, right? So if you don't want to listen to the calls and you don't hear the commercial breaks, that's cool. Because I, I got them all covered in show number one. So I'm I'm working around it. I'm working with it and, and I'm, I'm working with you and hopefully you can work with me and understand where I'm coming from. 707-654-4693. Chase Raider. He's calling in to talk about a draft possibility. Here he is. Chase Raider. What's up Q and Raider Nation? This is Chase Raider. Haven't heard and haven't spoke with you guys. I haven't called in in a while, man. I wanted to call in with your boy Jude from the Locked On Podcast group and we uh, linked up here in Denver. But uh, hey man, I just posted in the Facebook group. I was just thinking about something, man. What if what if we were happen we happened to grab a sliding Isaiah Simmons at number twelve and doubled up and grabbed your boy Kenneth Murray at nineteen, man? Let Kenneth Murray rock the middle linebacker position. Let Isaiah Simmons kind of kind of uh, you know move around and play outside, man, and just kind of uh, kind of do the do the rover position, man. But shoot, uh, let me know what you guys think about two linebackers in the first round. I think it would be dope, man. It would give us some room to make some moves in the third round or. Uh, you know, make a couple of trades and get up in the second round, but uh, I think it looks good, man. Especially after the moves we're getting ready to make at free agency. But uh, that's it, man. Q, keep doing a good job, bro. Uh, good to hear from you guys again, man. Take care, Raider Nation. Chase Raider out. If Simmons and Murray were there at twelve and nineteen, would that be ideal? Absolutely. If that was a real deal possibility, yeah, that that would be a real deal. I mean, because Murray could be the true 
middle linebacker, and Simmons could be just a stud. I mean, this dude, and I'm going to do a show about him. Matter of fact, tomorrow I'm going to talk about Isaiah Simmons in in great length. Going to talk about all the versatility he provides. I mean, he could be a linebacker, a safety, a corner. I mean, he could do a lot of things, rush the passer. I mean, he does a ton of things. You probably saw that on, on Monday night during the National Championship game. I'm going to do a whole segment just on him on Thursday's show. But, uh, yeah, that, that would be ideal. That would be a huge upgrade to that defense. Talked about it a few times. I just don't think... Gruden's going to be willing to pass up a dynamic playmaker offensively. If he has a chance to grab a dynamic dude like a C.D. Lamb, like a Jerry Judy, like a Henry Ruggs, I just don't see him passing it up. I mean, he's a he's an offensive-minded dude. I just don't see him passing that opportunity up. But again, that's just me. Who knows? Thank you so much for that call. appreciate you. Final call of the day comes from T3 Raider Facts. Calling in with his five quick hits of the day, talking about the Raiders in Vegas, the community, head coach Tom Flores, the Hall of Fame and Cliff Branch, Will Compton, and mock drafts. Here he is, T3 Raider Facts. This is T3 Raider Facts with my five quick hits for the day. Number one, the Raiders haven't even hit town yet, and they're already making an impact in the community, providing a grant for a new synthetic turf fill for Rancho High School in Las Vegas. Now, this is just one of the ways that you can see how an NFL team benefits the surrounding fan and community base. Number two, Coach Tom Flores deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. The committee missed it with Kenny Stabler and also with Cliff Branch, and I'm afraid that Coach Flores and his family and the nation will not get to enjoy together the fruits of his labors, of this legendary pioneer and one of the last surviving links to the AFL's original heritage. I just hope they get it right before it's too late. Number three, speaking of the Hall of Fame and Cliff Branch, the two are simply synonymous, and there's not much more that I can add to that. Number four, let me throw some kudos toward Will Compton. In a depleted and overmatched linebacking core in 2019, he came in late and he got the green dot. I think he's earned at least another year to help further stabilize the position and help along one or two new guys next year. Number five, I missed out on mock draft Monday, so I'll make sure to get one in next week. So far, I'm pretty much in stride with the experts, but I do have a couple of potential surprises. I'll go up through the Raiders' number 12 pick, and also share who I have going at number 19. Okay, that's it for today, Nation. Remember, passion outlifts fashion. Thank you so much for that call, T3. It's good to hear from you. A uh, lot of good points right there. Uh, sorry I haven't got your call on a little bit sooner. I know you've been been uh, hammering it home on the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line, but just because of the time uh, restraints, I haven't been able to get all your calls in. But that's always good, man. Good stuff. Definitely appreciate you. And I think you're, you're bringing a, a good point when you're talking about the Raiders in the Vegas community. Uh, you're spot on with that. You heard that uh, earlier in uh, in episode number one or episode A, as I like like to call it disc one whatever you want to call it uh mick Akers talking about what the raiders are doing in the community uh tom flores is it's a it's a shame i talked about that on on tuesday uh hopefully the hall of fame and cliff branch uh depending on what time you're listening to this we might know the the answer to it already it's going to be announced later on this morning on a uh, good good morning football on the nfl network so hopefully uh that comes through and cliff branch could be the guy i know some of his family members said that uh yeah they feel like this is going to be the time he's going to be elected to the hall of fame that'd be great will compton he should probably be in Vegas as a as a um, you know as a depth guy at the most uh, he's not a guy that's going to be a starter or he shouldn't be a starter if he's a starter then the Raiders did did bad by the draft and and matter of fact free agency as well Will Compton should not be a guy that they rely on to be the number one dude that's just in my opinion thank you so much for that call definitely appreciate you coming up on tomorrow's show we'll just have one disc 
Just one episode. <laughs> but uh, we'll have that episode. News and notes of the day. Uh, talk about Isaiah Simmons from Clemson and, uh, you know, what kind of versatility he brings and what he could mean as a Raider. And then we'll have more calls straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. Thank you so much for your support. Appreciate you as always, Raider Nation. Until Thursday, just win, baby. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.